Thank you for choosing this podcast for the BGSM community. I'm Daniel Friedman, and today I'm very excited to be speaking with Dr. John Ioannidis, who is a Stanford professor and meta-researcher who has been described as one of the world's most influential scientists. He is a global authority on all things medical research, has served on the editorial boards of 30 leading journals, and has authored nearly 1,000 academic papers, as well as seven books. Dr. Ioannidis, thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you for the kind invitation. Just recently, BJSM published the results from your meta-analysis that compared the effects of exercise treatment with antihypertensive medications on blood pressure. Could you start by sharing with our listeners a brief overview of the study and explain the findings? That was an effort to put together two large bodies of evidence, uh, uh, randomized controlled trials of antihypertensive drugs to treat hypertension and randomized trials uh, of exercise interventions that have measured the impact on systolic blood pressure. There's close to 400 randomized trials that have been done altogether, about half and half, uh, to be exact, 391, uh, 197 on exercise and 194 on antihypertensive medications. No randomized trial has ever compared head-to-head these two modalities, even though it would be important to know their relative merits. So we used a technique that uh, uh, allows us to compare the relative merits of these two types of interventions in modulating systolic blood pressure. And what were the findings from the meta-analysis? The the findings uh, suggested that uh, both modalities are effective in lowering uh, systolic blood pressure. Uh, On average, uh, for the antihypertensive drugs, uh, the mean effect was about uh, 9 millimeters of mercury. Uh, For the exercise interventions, it was about five millimeters of mercury. So there's a difference of about four millimeters of mercury, which might be considered to be substantial for some people. However, the types of populations where these trials had been performed uh, was pretty different. So antihypertensive medications had only been tested in people who had hypertension. There's no doubt that that's a good choice, of course. Conversely, the exercise interventions had been tested in a much wider range of, uh, of people, including many who had lower blood pressure than the clear hypertensive range. And if one were to limit the analysis only to the documented hypertension range, the impact of these two interventions was practically the same. So the different exercise interventions and the different medications had about the same Uh, impact on systolic blood pressure. We could also see whether specific drugs uh, or specific types of uh, exercise uh, like uh, endurance uh, and uh, resistance, uh, isometric resistance or or combination exercises would have different impact on systolic blood pressure. There were some modest differences, but uh, probably nothing that was very striking. So basically, uh, From what we see, these two types of modalities uh, tend to have pretty similar effects when they're used in hypertensive uh, uh, people. Are we certain that uh, this is uh, indeed so and it is not due to bias? We cannot exclude the possibility of bias. It's uh, possible that some of these trials have had some problems in their design and their contact. Many of them were pretty small, especially on the exercise side but also on drugs. And there seem to be also some uh, additional 
problems that were more common in the exercise trials. So not only they were smaller, but uh, very often they were not blinded. Uh, there was quite a lot of uh, uh, missingness and perhaps there was selective outcome reporting. So bias cannot be excluded, uh, but I think that the evidence suggests fairly similar effects and uh, clearly uh, the, the need to, to document some of the real-world impact of translating that knowledge into everyday life. If we continue to talk about the limitations of the randomized controlled trials included in your network meta-analysis, and think back to your legendary 2005-plus medicine paper, which has now been viewed at more than 2.5 million times, you argue that most published research findings are false. And in 2016, you suggested that of the findings that are true, most of them are not useful. How useful do you think the exercise trials were that you included in your recent BJSM meta-analysis? So I, I think that uh, most of the uh, exercise trials were pretty small. And therefore, uh, when seen in isolation, they were pretty unlikely to give a definitive answer about the impact of exercise uh, on this outcome. Now, the outcome was clinically relevant. Obviously, it could translate to some clinical benefit. I think it is something that probably matters to patients. The trials, though, uh, did have several quality issues uh, much of the time, so that lowers their value and the ability to trust them, at least trust the, the results that they get at, at face value. So I, I would say that when seen in isolation, each one of these trials probably contributes some value, but probably not a, a lot. If you put almost 200 such trials together, we start seeing something that probably has clinical utility. So I, I think that um, I would not discard that literature as just being false and useless. It's probably uh, not perfect, but uh, when combined, uh, probably it can give us some sense of where we stand and what might be possible to do with it. Your meta-analysis did not identify a single trial that directly compared exercise to blood pressure medication or exercise and blood pressure medication. Why was this the case and how do you think future exercise trials that examine the effects of exercise on blood pressure could be made more useful? I think that was a bit surprising, but not totally surprising. Uh, we know also from previous work that researchers who work on exercise are one large group of investigators and researchers who work on antihypertensive drugs or, or medication-related research in general are a very different cluster of, of investigators. Uh, they have very different communities. They have very different orientations. They have very different patterns of funding, of sponsors, of what departments they belong. So it's it's unfortunate that um, there was no head-to-head -head direct comparison of these modalities. And I, I think that uh, this shows, once again, that there's this segmentation in health-related research much of the time, where uh, different groups are, are focusing on the interventions or the research questions that they deem to be most interesting, even though there may be competing interventions or comp competing ideas in the same field. 
I think we need some head-to-head -head comparisons. I, ideally, we need some well-done head-to-head comparisons of exercise versus antihypertensive medications. The, the meta-analysis that we did is an indirect comparison, and uh, I don't want to say that it is wrong <laughs> necessarily, but um, uh, it's an indirect comparison. So it, it does carry some extra uh, level of possible risk. I think if we had some nice, large enough randomized comparisons of exercise versus medications, it, it would have added some further credibility to whatever uh, effect sizes one could observe. As a physician, how do you think exercise and other lifestyle interventions could become more valued and utilized as part of routine hypertension prevention and treatment? Most of our healthcare system is probably not oriented towards uh, promoting exercise and uh, better lifestyle. Uh, it's clearly more heavily oriented towards uh, promoting um, classic technology uh, of uh, medical care, in particular drugs and, and biologics and, and devices and you know more more laboratory testing and so forth. There are exceptions to that rule. I think that we can strengthen our efforts to to try to make exercise a more regularly prescribed intervention. I think that uh, probably there's plenty of way to improve our track record in most healthcare systems in that regard. Where do you intervene? I think that you need to intervene probably at all levels, starting from early training of medical students and physicians in training and and make that part of their real life experience. How much better can we do? I think that this is an open question. And, and as I said, the data from the meta-analysis do have some caveats. So when you have evidence from relatively small, potentially biased trials, it could be that the benefits are exaggerated. And uh, also we have very little evidence on uh, potential harms. I mean, you know, any intervention, including exercise, could be harmful potentially, especially in some vulnerable populations. This doesn't mean that I would not recommend exercise, but I, I think it means that we need both better evidence and hopefully more concerted efforts to try to implement whatever evidence we have in uh, everyday life and in, in clinical care. Dr. Ioannidis, your work is largely about identifying solutions to the many problems of modern medical research. What do you think are the top three things that need fixing in the world of evidence-based medicine? Oh, goodness, that's, uh, that's a very tough question. <laughs> I think that um, I, I can have a very long wish list, um, but if you think of evidence-based medicine, being about uh, using the best evidence uh, for individual uh, patient decisions at the interface uh, with the decision sharing uh, experience with their physicians. Um, I think number one would be to have better evidence. So that means better randomized trials typically. Uh, sometimes other types of design might do, uh, but it's very, very difficult to replace well-done randomized trials. And in, in most situations, we don't have well-done, large enough, well-designed randomized trials. I think the, uh, the second component would be to improve literacy and numeracy about um, 
evidence-based medicine. You know, how, how do people get to understand what results mean, what the caveats are, and not do that in a theoretical way just to pass an exam uh, that they would have to take uh, for clinical epidemiology if they do take such a course, but uh, as something that is embedded within the everyday clinical experience, both for physicians but also for, for patients eventually because they're, they're the ones that who are uh, being affected. Now, if I have a third slot as well, uh, since I'm, I'm more interested in, in larger, big picture, bird's eye view of large scale evidence and, and meta-analysis, I, I would say uh, I, I would be very much uh, appreciative of the possibility to have better tools for performing these meta-analysis, uh, which, which means that instead of just having to search for fragmented pieces of, of uh, published outcomes on specific randomized trials, I would like to have more transparency, individual level data, transparent availability of protocols, of uh, whatever tools come along with a randomized trial. And of course, the, the data are a key component of that and uh, be able to uh, to use all, all of these resources. There, there, there is a movement towards improving availability of raw data and protocols. I think that we have seen improvements over the years, but still there's a lot of way to go. Dr. Ioannidis, I think that's a great place to end it. It's been a privilege speaking with you today. Thank you very, very much for your time. Thank you again for the kind invitation. If our listeners would like to find out more about you or your work, where should they go? I think that uh, you can probably visit our metrics uh, site, um, and uh, that might be a, a good starting point for some of the recent activities. You've been listening to a BJSM podcast with Dr. John Ioannidis. You can read Dr. Ioannidis's latest paper in the BJSM today, and we'll provide a link to it in the show notes. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with friends or leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow BJSM and stay up to date via the usual social media channels, or download the BJSM app where you can find more podcasts, our latest articles, and other content. As always, we hope you have a physically active day.